So here's the part where I get to tell a little story. Um, so some of you might not know because you were not here, but long, long ago, in 2005, uh, my brother-in-law and I came up from Southern California to take over a very, very small Bible study in Bennett Valley. And uh, we had previously, we had been part of a Calvary Chapel in Southern California, and we had been sent out. And we thought that we were just going to, you know, take on Sonoma County, you know, and plant this thriving movement, and then we were going to move on in a couple years. Well, 15 years later, I am still here and waiting for that thriving movement, and no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's just so interesting how God just changes your heart and does all the things that you never would expect him to do and none of the things that you thought he would do. Um, and I feel like that's my story. And I remember years ago just you know, in the early years, uh, struggling and just kind of wondering what was happening. Um, if you've ever tried to church plant in a secular area like Northern California, then you know what I'm talking about. Just the discouragement that comes, you know, just when you've got a core group of people and you think that everybody's on board and you're following Jesus, you're going to represent Jesus, and then people just start dropping off, people start showing, stop showing up, people stop giving, people just stop being a part of it, so people lose passion for Jesus, for the gospel. It could just be discouraging disheartening. And so we experienced, you know, years of this. I remember one time saying to my mom, I don't know what's happening. I expected God to do all these things. And she said, son, we expect God to do in five years what God plans to do in 15 years. Slow down, you know, put roots down and just trust the Lord. So I would say that that is what has happened over the last 15 years. And my motto and our motto, I think, at Refuge has just become slow and steady. Just, God, we just want to be faithful. We want to be a faithful presence in this place. We want to be a home for your people. We want to ground them in your word. We want to build a community of people who are just loving Jesus together. And we want to share that with, with our neighbors. And so we've been doing that over, over the years. And over the years, we've ask people to join our team uh, with different giftings and different perspectives. And so back in 2010, um, we asked um, Grace's best friend, Michelle, uh, her last name was Marino at the time, to come up and join us. And so we imported her from Orange County. Um, and uh, her and Grace had been close friends since junior high. And actually, funny story, I actually had to ask permission. Uh, Michelle was like the Grace gatekeeper, so I had to go through Michelle to get to Grace. And so that was, if you've ever, like, been on Michelle's suspicious side, you know the, the, the grueling, the grilling that I had for Michelle. Yeah, so I had to get the pass from Michelle. Anyway, uh, Michelle came up and joined us in 2010 uh, to come on staff as our communications director and even at the time, we were a small church, but we knew that there were many, many needs, just as any church plant or small church has. Uh, your staff wears a lot of hats. And so we knew even back then that Michelle was going to be wearing a lot of hats, doing a lot of things. We had no idea how long she would be wearing those hats and how many, but <laughs> Michelle has literally done just about everything in this church except for uh, preaching and teaching on Sunday morning and leading worship. I mean, she's just, she's done everything, and she's just been so faithful to do these things. Um, and so we are just incredibly thankful. You know, church planting and having a small staff, you really do depend on um, people volunteering uh, for a majority of the work that is done, and many people also just 
taking a very small salary. And so Michelle has sacrificed again and again to be here to serve this community. And so this morning, um, I just want to honor her. She's actually sick, which is so unfortunate. Um, But we're going to do kind of a commissioning ceremony with Michelle probably in the next couple weeks. She was supposed to be right here this morning, but she is not. So... But I just want to honor her just for her faithfulness, her hard work. Um, she has brought so much order and clarity to our church community uh, and into our communication through her gifts of administration and communication. And she's not the only one, but I just want to highlight that. And so maybe we could just, even though she's not here, just give her a round of applause and just thank her for that work. So. Let me just say this too. We want to be a church. I've talked about this many times for the pulpit, but just even more so as I think about it this morning. We want to be a church that affirms one another. You know, I mean, many of us, just the different backgrounds that we're coming from, who knows what your upbringing was like? Who knows what your father or mother or grandfather or grandmother figure was like, or whether you had one? And what we all long for is the voice of the Father saying, Well done, my good and faithful child. I'm so proud of you. You belong here. And I think we want to be a community that speaks that voice over one another, that voice of affirmation, that voice of encouragement, that voice of blessing. And so I just encourage you, church, if you've noticed someone who's just been serving faithfully, someone that's just going for it with the Lord, or maybe someone who's discouraged, to come alongside them and encourage them in that. Be that voice of blessing over their life. Now, Kind of going back to what I was, where I was headed, for some time now we've known that Refuge was outgrowing its small staff. Um, the elders have been in conversation just about growing our eldership. We've been in conversation with the deacons about growing our leadership because just with more people comes more needs. Moving to this facility two years ago increased our needs. And so we've been in conversations about the need for a full-time administrator to help with vision casting, strategizing, managing as well as helping with the day-to-day tasks of of pastoring and just ministry. And so in this next season, um, some things are going to be changing. One of those things is Michelle is actually finally going to be able to do the job that we originally hired her to do, which is amazing, right? Uh, We hired her as our communications director, which she kicks butt at, but much of the time she's doing other things, administrative things. And so in this next season, Michelle is going to be working hand-in-hand with John Fisher, our new administrative pastor, and this will allow her to just fully immerse herself in our communications and be able to just run that. And so hopefully that will be running even better than it has been, and it's been great. That's not a remark on Michelle at all. So some of you may be asking, and I, I imagine that you are, So who is John replacing, right? Who's out and who's in? Like this is America's Next Top Model or something like that. Uh, This is not a competition. That's not what we're doing here. Um, So yeah, so the answer is he's not. Uh, John is joining our pastor elder team. And he's here to help. He's here to shepherd. He's here to lead, to serve, and to be part of our leadership using his gifts of pastoring, uh, gifts of administration helps, Uh, vision implementation, in order to bring healthier structure to the life of refuge. You guys maybe remember back in December when we did our financial update and we did our big ask, just asking refuge to commit to a more robust and generous giving. And we were just talking about in that time 
how we need better structure because our fear is is that people are going to fall through the cracks and church is about people it's about the people of god it's about the family it's about taking care of one another it's about bearing one another's burdens and we want to do that well we want to make sure that as regards our leadership um, and our example that no one falls through the cracks and so we're just so thankful to have someone with the gifts like john join our team and help us with um, structure and processing and all these things so in light of that John and Naomi and their kids are here, so I'm going to have them come up as, long, as well as uh, Nikolai, and we're going to commission John this morning, and we're going to pray over him and his family, and then we're going to give him the opportunity just to share from his heart with you guys. So, yes, this is his whole family, actually. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> come on up. John, can you build us a bigger stage? We can. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so this is, this is John Fisher. Some of you guys might be like, wait a second, I recognize this guy. Yeah, he taught last month. Um, we asked him to come up and just share and share his passion, his uh, passion for missional communities and just for getting uh, not just the message of Jesus out, but the life of Jesus out just into our neighborhoods. And him and Naomi and their family, they live that way. Uh, they are the authentic uh, real faithful followers of Jesus, and so awesome to get to know you guys. And and this is their troop. <laughs> and this and well, you guys lined up in order. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Elijah. This is Abby. This is Levi. This is Simeon. And this is Jethro. <laughs> and he will tell you so. It's he's awesome. So yeah, what we wanted to do this morning is is just commission John and pray over them and just encourage them. So, um, yeah, so how are we going to do this? I've got like two hands and a bunch of things in my hand. So here, yeah, you, you take, you take that. that. We'll make it work. Should have thought this out a little longer. So when when we think about what ministry is, what pastoral ministry is, I think of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, there's so many things that as a pastor, I just never thought I would be doing, right? Like, you are counseling, you are weeping with those who weep, and then you are scrubbing floors and cleaning up barf. And, you know, when we were downtown, I was constantly cleaning up feces on, you know, on our entryway to our church. And you might be leading worship or doing a funeral or doing a wedding and, you just end up wearing so many hats. But all that to say, I think that there are three things that lay a good, solid foundation for pastoral ministry. And these are the word of God. This is the service of God's people. So the heart of a servant. And then the filling with the Holy Spirit. And I think if you have that foundation then the rest of it you can, you can learn, you can adapt, you can improvise, you can overcome. And so this morning what we want to do is we want to commission John in those three ways, to the word of God, to the service of God's people, and to being filled with the Holy Spirit in order to do that work. And so, um, yeah, so Nikolai, why don't you take the reins? 
We'll get it right next time. <laughs> so we do want to just welcome you guys, but to know that it's a high calling. And so I'm going to hand this to you just for logistical reasons first. I'm going to present you the Bible. He has one. That's not, I just wanted to make it clear. This is an additional one. This is a, this is a yeah. But we want to give this to you as a gift, as a reminder of your commission to, and your charge to handle the word of God properly. <clears throat> and so, honestly, your charge is, is one of the highest charges. It's, it's not only to live by the book, but to call others to live by the book. To not stray to the right or to the left. And so we pray that this would be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I'm just going to read 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the in, uh, insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods and that God has created to be received with thanksgiving and by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is to be received with thanksgiving for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So in life and in service, I pray that you would live by the book. Oh, you have a mic. Nailed it. Our practice went really smoothly when we did this last night, but yeah, it's just not going as well today. Um, yeah, so John, this is a towel, and this represents your call to wash the feet of the saints. When we think about in the upper room, Jesus, remember that example that he gave where everybody's having dinner, and there's even conversations about who is the greatest among us. And then Jesus, he gets up, he wraps a towel around his waist, and he stoops down and he begins wiping the dirt and the filth off of their feet. He gets done and he says, what I have done for you, I have done as an example that you would follow in my footsteps. And so we commission you not only to the word of God and to his truth to stay in that path, but to do it with the posture of service, to do it the posture of Jesus Christ. And that we would, as pastors, that we would be that example of service, that we are not greater than our master. And so the way that we lead is that servant-oriented posture, washing the feet of the saints, um, stooping to, to serve them. And so, yeah, we commission you to this foot-washing ministry, that you would do it with meekness, humility, faithfulness, and in truth. And I'll let Char handle the liquid. Um, but um, <clears throat> didn't want to say this was this was going to be Max's, but he he of course uh, is not standing up here. He and his family are out of town this uh, Sunday, so I'll be doing this part too. But uh, and we're going to be taking communion later. But that's not ex- exactly what this is representing. Uh, this is this represents the Spirit. We receive the Spirit because we've been washed and cleansed by the blood, and so we offer this to you just as a reminder that you are to live in accordance to that. 
by the Spirit, that you could be filled, that you live by his joy, and that you'd be empowered to distribute God's very grace to others. So just to read a couple of verses here, Ephesians 3, uh, starting verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory that he grant you to be strengthened by the power through his Spirit, In your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, so that you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all, uh, with all the faithfulness of God. Now to Him who is able to far more abundantly than all that we have asked or think according to the power uh, at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Because the Bible is great. One more. First Peter 5. So, I exhort the elders among you that uh, as a fellow elder and the witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partner, I'm sorry, a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight with, uh, I'm sorry, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for the shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown And so at this time, we just want to pray over John. We want to pray over Naomi, and we also want to pray over their kids, just as they're making this transition from life down in the East Bay to life here in Sonoma County with us, just that the Lord would um, be over them and before them and behind them, hedging them in, preparing their way, and preparing those good works beforehand that they would walk in. So would you guys just pray with me this morning as we do that? So Almighty God, You have, Lord, in every age, Lord, you have just chosen your servants um, to faithfully speak your word, to lead your people, and um, to shepherd your church. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning for John. Um, We thank you, Lord, that long ago, Lord, you prepared him, and Lord, the different um, seasons of life, the difficulties that he has faced, that he and Naomi have faced, that their family have faced, Lord, you have been preparing him for this moment, Lord. We believe that, Lord. We believe in your providence, God, and your leading. And so, Lord, we thank you that you've brought him here. We're so thankful, Lord, to have a friend and a pastor and a leader, Lord, to help us in this work that you're doing. Lord, I believe, Lord, with all my heart, Lord, that you love, that you love this city, that you love this county, Lord. You constantly bring people who've never even heard of this place to this city because you love it, because you want to see this place flooded with your presence. And so, Lord, even now you've brought the whole Fisher clan here, and we pray, Lord, that you would go before them. Lord, that you would prepare those good works for them to walk in. Lord, that you would reveal gifting to John, Lord, that he didn't even know that he possessed, that you would give him a fresh anointing to do this particular work that you've called him to at this church. Lord, remind him always that he belongs both in life and death, good times and bad. He belongs to Jesus alone. 
Lord, fill him with that mind of Christ by your Holy Spirit to be faithful to Jesus, to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. Lord, surround him with faithful and encouraging friends that would support him and his family in this call on their life. And Lord, may he know your faithfulness in every difficulty and situation. Lord, would you give him wisdom and understanding, Lord, that only your spirit can enable. Lord, we thank you so much for Naomi because this is a call on her life as much as it is on John's life. And so, Lord, we, yeah, we lift her up to you. We thank you um, for this call, Lord, to seek you, to know you, to be loved by you. And so we pray, Lord, she joins our church family. You would reveal to her in a fresh and new way her gifting and calling that you placed on her life. Lord, stir her up. Lord, maybe stir up those passions, Lord, that were um, just left long ago or just things that she promises or that you made to her or that she had forgotten about. Lord, um, unearth those, Lord, just with new possibilities of what you might do. Lord, we pray, God, that these years would just be so rich and fruitful for her and for John, for their marriage, for their family. Lord, would you fill her to overflowing with your spirit, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Lord, would you also bring strong, faithful, Jesus-loving friends into her life to surround her, uh, to walk with her as she seeks to follow you faithfully. And Lord, lastly, we thank you for these kids that are being discipled in the way of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, just your hand of blessing and protection over their life. Lord, that they would know you as Father Jesus. They would know you as the greatest hero who has ever lived. Lord, that they would follow in your steps. Again, Lord, give John and Naomi wisdom, grace, mercy, and understanding. Lord, give them the joy of the Holy Spirit as they lead their children in your way and in your paths. Lord, we also pray that you would surround these guys with faithful, Jesus-loving friends who would be examples to them of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Uh, our kids here would follow Jesus. They would be a gang of Jesus' followers, a crew that is just discovering what their giftings and their callings are from a young age. Um, we pray, Lord, that they also would be filled with your Spirit to know you, to know who you've called and invited them to be as followers of Jesus. And so, as Paul said, unto you, O Lord, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, we commit this family, and we commit the greater family of refuge to you. In the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> They're a fun little bunch. Simeon was trying to pull me down. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Tugging on me. Well, good morning. Uh, I, we are, Naomi and I are really, really excited to be joining this family, to be here. Um, I've got a few things I just wanted to share, um, and I, we're excited to just 
to get to know you guys, to really uh, become a part of this family and of this church. Uh, look forward to lots of lots of time getting coffee and getting to know you guys and uh, and serving here. Several months ago, Naomi and I began to feel uh, that we needed to be open uh, to an opportunity that the Lord would open up and that we would be transitioning. Uh, Through a sequence of events, it became clear to us that change was coming. We had uh, were born and raised in the East Bay. Um, We had uh, we met uh, in youth group. We were married pretty young. We had five kids in the East Bay. Uh, We pastored, a youth young adult pastor at a church there for 10 years. We had started a coffee company. We had put roots down in the East Bay. Um, We were in the process, actually, at that point of of, uh, seeking the Lord and and working towards a church plant. And uh, the Lord began to speak to us that transition was coming, coming, and that we would be moving. And uh, it was not necessarily the most comfortable for me. I mean, I had put, put roots down, and I had never really seen myself leaving. Long story short, it became abundantly clear that the Lord was leading us to refuge and to Sonoma County. And we are really excited uh, to be on this journey and look forward to sharing even more of that story with you. Um, some of you might remember a few weeks, several weeks ago now, several weeks, uh, I spoke here uh, really focusing on becoming a missional people, living out uh, a lifestyle that displays the gospel. That's a theme really that the Lord has developed strongly uh, in our life, in our family, over the last few years. And over the last few weeks, as I've been meeting some of you, I've been coming up, driving up for a couple days a week, uh, talking with the elders, getting to know them, praying for all of you, uh, a few things have really stood out to me. These are my observations. Refuge, you guys love each other really well. You bear each other's burdens in a real way. Refuge values the scripture. You know how to serve. Your elders love you guys like crazy. My prayer is that the Lord would use my giftings and my calling to fan into flame the things that you guys are doing here, the things that the Lord has put into place. My prayer is that I would, I would be fuel to the fire. I would help put structure and systems and things in place that would help what you guys are already doing that's amazing grow and blossom and uh, reach, reach the county. So many good things that y'all uh, want to do, that you are doing. I mean, like everything that I keep hearing, foster the bay, serving the city, the meal trains, that's amazing. Uh, missionaries, organizations, the, the ways that you serve, the ways that you follow the leading of, of the Holy Spirit and, and pursue the gospel, it's incredible. The way I think, just where I'm coming from, is I like to get at like the 30,000 foot view and say, how can we take this and make it go further? I like my goal is to help Refuge grow as a family with a strategy to further the gospel in Santa Rosa and Sonoma County and to the ends of the earth, ultimately. 
believe there's, there's a reason Paul so frequently described the church as a family or a body. We need each other. Can't do this alone. Family or a body is a, is a networked system that works together and it's not about an individual or just the leader or the head or any of that. It's a networked system that works together to accomplish a goal. And that's what we are as a church. We are a, a collective of disciples, of apprentices that are following the way of Jesus together in a city. So our, our responsibility as elders is to help you do that effectively, to equip you to do that for the cause of the gospel. We believe that we're joining a family. We're uprooting from the East Bay and moving here and joining with your family. Truthfully, that's how it feels. We're praying that that would be uh, quick and that we would feel connected and uh, engaged in that family. My prayer for refuge has been, as over the past few weeks, I've just been praying for y'all, anticipating this and anticipating the move, which we're still looking for a home, so pray for us. Uh, this passage in Colossians is what keeps coming to mind. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12. It's a prayer of Paul, and he says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I just wanted to take a few seconds and walk through a few phrases from this prayer uh, as really uh, my prayer for, for us. I think it's fascinating the way Paul prays and the way this is written. It's almost, uh, it's almost secular. This, this like motion of development as he's praying for this church starts out that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will and understanding. On the surface, I think we, you know, we've, we've been there. We're like, God, what's your, what's your will here? What's, what do I do? I, I think that's part of it, but I think the bigger picture here is that Paul is saying that you would have knowledge and understanding of the story of God and your place and your part in it. This is really, this is the knowledge of God, that we would know what God is about and what he's doing and where our part in that story is. Then that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. He's asking, as N.T. Wright says, he, Paul is asking that the Colossians might understand themselves more and more to be God's new true humanity and that they may increasingly live in a manner appropriate with that vocation. Christ provides in his death and resurrection a pattern of life which is the standard for his people. 
Now that we are in Christ, we should live appropriately. It's not enough to amass knowledge about God, about the scripture, and about the gospel. It needs to permeate and shape every aspect of our lives. I said it a few weeks ago. Jesus should permeate, he should influence and shape all the facets of your life. Everything you do, it all matters. It's all gospel stuff. There's no sacred and secular. This, it, everything you do matters. He continues to pray that we would bear fruit and good works. If we are living a life worthy of the gospel, it will be a fruitful life. Healthy, growing things bear fruit. They mature. We're called to grow and more and more be like Jesus. And then he goes back and he says that we would increase in the knowledge of God. It goes back to where he started in this prayer. And I think this is very intentional that it's not like we've arrived. We bared good fruits. We've arrived. No, go back to the place where you get to know the story of God and your place in it over and over again. And let it lead you in this journey of obedience and living a life worthy of Jesus, bearing good fruit and coming back to the place where we are hungry to know more of what, who he is, what he's like, and what he's doing. That's my, my prayer. What I can hopefully help is fuel that. I want to put f- f- uh, fan that flame that we as a church would live in this cycle of, of knowing who God is, what he's about, what his story is, walking in a manner worthy, bearing fruit, and going back to the place where we need to know Jesus more and more. Like I said, we're really excited uh, to be here. Pray for us. We're looking for a home. Um, we've actually already put in our 30-day notice, and we're trying to find a place. So, um, But as we uh, transition back into the second set of worship, I just want to encourage you that communion is this amazing time. So, Char, you can come back up, I guess. But communion is this amazing time that we get week in and week out to remind ourselves of the story of God. Week in and week out, this is part of why we do this. Jesus said, as often as you do this, you're proclaiming his kingdom, proclaiming him. We get to remind ourselves, refresh ourselves in the story of God. Preach to yourself the gospel as you take the elements. Remember his broken body. Remember the cross. That will help us in this journey. I'm going to pray, and then we'll transition. Father, I thank you for this community, this family, that we have the opportunity to join and to serve. God, I ask that, uh, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would be here and be, be among us. I ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name.